All right. We have a great episode of Side Retired, the MLB podcast coming at you guys today. Taylor Jackson of John Boy Media will be joining us on today's episode. So, Matt, we're going to hit the intro music and we'll get right into this. Hello and welcome to today's edition of Side Retired, the MLB podcast. It is Dylan Campion joined alongside Matt Potter, as always. And Matt, we have a really special guest joining us on today's episode. But first, how are you doing? And welcome to the show. Doing pretty well. On fall break, Notre Dame beat USC on Saturday, so I'm I'm in a great mood. Uh, just kind of relaxing, happy to talk baseball, talk social media, talk everything else we're going to talk about today. I love it. And today we are joined by Taylor Jackson of John Boy Media. She is a social media and or of John Boy Media. She's part of their social media and photography team. So Taylor, welcome to the show and thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. I'm so excited to be here. I just need to say first, incredible intro music. <laughs> Thank incredible. you. Incredible. Totally hype. Like I did not expect when you were like hit the music. I'm like, all right, normally it's like sort of elevator music-ish. This was dope. This is the get the blood pumping usually yeah. we record sometimes at like midnight. So it's wake up the boys sort of thing. But yeah, I'm into it. I love it. But so the first question we sort of threw out there, and it's a pretty general question of who are you and what is your story in the baseball journey? And again, you can take it in whatever direction you want to do. Okay. Um, I'm Taylor Jackson. I'm currently the social media manager for John Boy Media. Um, I've been here for about 18 months, 19 months, I think. Um, so still kind of new, but it's a new company. Um, we have a team of six, I believe now, um, on the social team. I have uh, my boss, Kyle, above me, and then it's me and our whole team. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at now. Do you want me to just go full force into how I got here? Yeah, however you want to okay. take it, go for it. Um, I went to Monmouth University and studied photography. Um, I knew going into college, I wanted to be a team photographer. That was always my ultimate goal. So I wanted a school that had photography and an art major, but also division one sports, which there isn't a ton of overlap there in the Northeast region. Um, I ended up at Monmouth. I absolutely loved it. I had the best four years of my life. Um, after that, I was just applying to internships galore. Like I shot all the sports at Monmouth, did all their photography, all the sports, anything from tennis on a Tuesday afternoon to men's soccer on Saturday night, football, baseball, like I was doing everything. So that gave me a good portfolio like experience just to get started and like applying for things. I applied for, I can't even tell you how many jobs and internships between January and May when I graduated. Um, it's tough out there. And so I got a few interviews. Um, I think I was interviewing with like a Disney position, the Steelers, um, the Seahawks, and I ended up getting an internship with the Seahawks. Um, I moved to Seattle about a month and a half after I graduated college by myself. I didn't know anyone. I was terrified. I really wanted the Steelers internship because it was only like six hours from home. So I was like, okay, drivable, you know, like I had never, Monmouth was only about two hours from where I grew up in New York. So I wanted something close, didn't get the Steelers, got the Seahawks and was like, whatever, I'm just going to do it. So I moved out there. I was a photo archive intern for the entire 2016 into 17 season. Um, so basically just doing behind the scenes, like organizing the photo bases, like helping on shoots if we needed things like that, um, sending out galleries when people had like requested things. 
I would like make shot lists for the actual photographers that were on the field. And then on game days, I would sit in and like organize photos as they were coming in live. And so we can get them up on social media and things like that. Um, so very behind the scenes, I knew I wasn't going to be like shooting anything. And I just kind of went with that. Um, when that was ending, I applied for an internship that was open with the Arizona Diamondbacks for a photography intern. This would be shooting on the field at every game. And I was like, okay, this is what I really want. And I ended up getting that. I was there as an intern for two years. Um, absolutely loved it. Fell in love with the organization with Arizona baseball is what I always loved. So I was excited to be back in that realm. And I, uh, after the two years was up, they like offered a third year of internship. And I was like, I don't know, I'm turning 25 at that point. And I'm like, that's a lot of $12 an hour years I've done now, you know, like I wanted, I wanted benefits and a big girl job. Like I really wanted more than that. And after watching, um, what my boss, who was the team photographer at the time, we were basically almost doing the same kind of stuff. And I was one step essentially, I guess, or maybe two below what she was doing. And she was only a couple of years older than me. And I was like, if I get there, like, is that the ceiling? Is the ceiling team photographer? Like, there's not a ton higher you can go beyond that. And I was a little worried about getting stuck in an area where I wasn't going to be able to grow. And so that, that worried me in a combination of things. I was like, you know what, I'm going to move back home try and get like a normal job and like marketing, do photography on the side and kind of like dip out of sports for a minute and like see if I miss it, if I feel like, you know, I want to try and find my way back. But I just felt like that was the right decision for me at the time. So I moved back to New York for about a year and a half. And I was still very close with all my friends at the Dimebacks and former coworkers. And after a year and a half, um, their social media manager at the time reached out to me and was like, Hey, I'm getting promoted. We have an opening for my former position. Do you want it? And I was like, what? I've never done social media before. Like I was like, other than my personal social media, I've, I've no social media experience. And he was like, you are a content creator and we know we can teach you. We, you, we have this relationship with you already. Like we're willing to give it a shot if you're willing to apply and like, see if we can get like, go through with it. So I applied and I got it. And then, so after a year and a half, I moved back to Arizona again. So my cross country journeys have been, I've had quite a few of them. Um, and I was a social media manager there for two years. Loved it. I never expected to be in social media, but it, I saw so much more growth potential in that role. And I was still doing a ton of photography stuff for them because it was during the COVID season, 2020 and 2021, where there was only a limited amount of people allowed in the ballpark. So I had access being a team photographer, like I could be up close and personal. So I did a little bit of both. And then I got poached from Kyle, my boss at now at, um, at John Boy Media to come over here and join their social team. And I'd already been such a big fan of the company. And I was like, this is the growth opportunity that I've been looking for. Um, and I joined a year and a half ago and I have no regrets. Awesome. I'm sorry, so long. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. That's a, that's exactly what we're looking for. Just to, so people can kind of get a sense of, you know, where you started, where you are now. Um, that's, that's great. Um, talking, I guess, <clears throat> you know, you took us through your whole journey from 2016 when you graduated college up until now and how, you know, you started in photography. Now you're more in the social media realm. I assume a lot changed over that seven year period, but like, you know, that's just, that's recent history, but the, the, that whole social media thing has changed so much. Can you kind of talk about, I guess, the change that you've seen in sports media from 2016 when you graduated up until where it is now, if it's changed at all? 
Yeah, it definitely has. I mean, the more every year that passes, another app comes out. <laughs> so just off the bat, there's so many more platforms and things to think about. Um, I think it's crazy how much this space has grown as far as like how many creatives in sports there are now, how many different lanes there are, photography, video, social, like it's just grown so much. And there's so much talent out there. That's like the number one thing I've seen is how much talent there is. I think from when I went to college, I think it was just starting to hit that stride of like a lot of people trying to get into sports media, but there had been very traditional ways of like, just like two team social media people and one photographer that had been there for like 300 years and one videographer, you know, it, they didn't invest that much money and, and like energy into those departments. And I think now because of how big social media is, companies are seeing how important social media marketing is and that it can basically be your entire brand. I mean, if we look at John Boy Media as an example, everything we do lives on social. We make YouTube videos and breakdowns and things of that nature, but our social is like what gets a lot of the awareness out there for those things. So I think just seeing the difference in, in the effort that companies are putting into their social media marketing. And I saw it grow from when I was at the Diamondbacks in 2017, 18 to when I went back in 2021, the difference in value that the company really saw in like, Hey, social media is big. Social media sells tickets. Social media tells our stories of our players. Social media it prom promotes everything in the company that you want out there and like, can really tell the story of your team, your company, your message, whatever. So I think just the, just the impact it's had has helped it to grow so much. I think that's really cool. I think one of the cool things as well that you mentioned was that you didn't really have much social media experience except for uh, running your own accounts until the Dimax came calling and said, Hey, do you want to do this? So what was that experience like of basically learning a new skill slash a developing industry of social media is yours figure out what that means slash what to do with it. Yeah. Um, it was, it was really nerve wracking. I was so close with the guy that hired me back and became my boss, um, from when I was an intern, because as photographers, social media people, obviously like you work very closely together, delivering images and stuff. Um, so I knew that I had him to lean on, but there were days, especially it was the 2020, I moved to Arizona three days before sports shut down. Like I moved back. So I was like, working from home. There was no spring. They canceled spring training. There was nothing going on. We were just sitting around trying to come up with stuff to post. And I remember sitting in my house being like, Oh my God, I'm really bad at this. Like, I really don't know how to do this because I had been a photographer for so long and I knew I was good at that. And this was something I was like, Holy shit. I just took this job and I have no idea what I'm doing. It's, it's interesting because you, you need to just think of it. What do you like to see on social? I just started saying like, what do I like to see on social? What kind of photos, videos, commentary? Like, what do I like to look at? And I just started trying to use that to help create things. And it came so much more naturally to me at that point. I was trying too hard at first. I was like, what if people don't like my post? Like, okay, no one's always, there's always some people that don't like your post. You know, there's always going to be people that don't think this is funny. Don't think it's creative. I was like, just what do I want to see? Like, I was a fan of this before. Like, what do I want to see going forward? And that helped me a lot. And I still try and keep that in my day to day at John Boy Media, like just post things that you want, you would want to see because people will want to see that. Absolutely. I think, you know, it's important to keep in mind what what you think is good, because at the end of the day, we are all basically the average social media consumers anyway. So it, yeah. that that totally makes sense. And I guess along those lines, um, like you were talking about how John Boy, basically it is a media company. So it's social media is its brand is its business. Can you talk about, I guess, the importance of social media and what you guys talk about internally in terms of how vital it is to growing your brand, to to creating your voice, to creating your image and, and 
making John Boy John Boy? Yeah, I think um, there's like a lot of factors to it. I think the one big thing is making sure that our voice of our account is consistent with the voice of our personalities. We're personality ad- personality driven media company, so. We want to make sure that the voices of the people at our company come through. We want to make sure that John Boy, when the things that we put out don't sound like something he would never like or never say, while also still towing the line of like reporting on news and making sure that big things like that come out. But we have such a mix of personalities and interests in the company. I mean, we have boxing, we have football, we have baseball, we have entertainment, we have our warehouse games, which is like just a bunch of dudes in a warehouse playing blitz ball and floor ball. So we have a bunch of different things going on. So it's towing the line of making sure that our personalities are being represented and we're helping them grow and getting their faces out there while also reporting on news. Also growing our accounts means we can sell to brands. That's huge. Brand C, like you have X amount of followers. Okay, we're willing to pay you X amount for this amount of posts. So it's kind of like a combination of things, but social media is kind of just like what makes the whole world go around as far as our company goes. We post videos that we want people to like as solo reels on Instagram, but also that came from a longer YouTube video. So if you like this, the idea is, oh, like, let me look them up on YouTube and see if they post there. And then you can go watch a longer video of it where you really see our personality showcase. And same thing with podcasts. We post podcast clips that don't necessarily need the context of a full episode. But the thought is, oh, I kind of like those guys takes. And then you go and you listen to a full episode. So it's a little bit of everything. Um, it's kind of crazy how much it makes the business go around. And it seems like everything eventually ties together. And there's a lot of like things that there's the Twitter, there's the TikTok, there's the Instagram, there's the podcast and everything comes together at the end that gels really nicely. So what is sort of, I guess every day is probably going to be different for you, but what is sort of a usual day, if that even exists at John Boy, where you have to basically control all these different social media and different aspects of John Boy. Yeah. So we, like I said, we have a team of about six. Um, so certain things are broken up, um, by person and like property. So like one person always does these podcast clips. One person always does these, um, and like one person does this kind of social clip. So we, we do have it broken up in some ways, but then when there's just like breaking news, the person we have people like on shift. So the person that's on shift just is the one that's posting all the breaking news. So we have someone on from about new scheduled from noon till about 2 AM that it's broken up in half. They're not on that whole day. Um, but so we just always have someone paying attention and trying to like be on top of the news cycle. As far as day to day, it could be anything. Um, there's like always cameras in the office. There's always like fun things going on. There's always, you never know what you're walking into in a day in the office, which is part of the reason why I love it so much. Um, but yeah, it could be a little bit of everything. Like one day a week, we're usually at our warehouse shooting some sort of blitz ball, floor ball, training session, something or a tournament, um, obviously covering live games. We just introduced a ton of football stuff this year. So really like honing in on football coverage, um, which is a whole new lane for me. Like I'm learning, thankfully my team, they're football guys. Cause I don't, <laughs> I'm not as dialed in. Um, but yeah, it really changes every single day. Um, we obviously have, you know, our bread and butter that we always do our podcast clips and things like that, but you never know what's going to hit the news cycle. And then it's just going to spin out of control. Um, I guess you can take like a Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift example. Like you don't know when something that big is going to hit the internet that now, like you have to find a creative way to be involved. Um, so it's, it's fun in that way because it's always something different. And I guess along those lines of every, you know, every day being something different and having a lot of avenues to go down, I'm, I'm the, 
I'm the businessy guy, I guess you could say for, for our podcast. And um, like, I know you guys are, you guys are a lot bigger than us in terms of how much money you have on hand. Right. So I was just looking um, before the interview at, you guys have gotten some money from venture capital investors and things like that. I guess, you know, going from Monmouth and, you know, university athletics department doesn't necessarily allocate a ton of resources to media to a company where, you know, you probably have a lot of, you know, money and tools and resources at your fingertips. How much does, I guess, like money and capital change the game of media when you have it at your disposal or because, you know, all you need is an iPhone to send out a tweet. Is it really not that big of a deal? That's a really good question. I think um, I think if you're making good creative content, no matter what you do it on, it will take off if it's good enough, if that makes sense. Like I think no matter what you do, if it's worth a viral moment, it will have its viral moment. Um, I truly believe that. However, obviously having all of this stuff at your disposal makes it so much easier. When we got a, like a bunch of investments. This was before I started at the company. We were able to open the warehouse. The warehouse opened a whole new avenue of content for us. That's been doing really, really well, but we couldn't, you can't do that without, you know, some sort of funds and, and capital and things like that. So I think, and you know, now we have really good cameras to shoot in there and every tournament, we get a little bit of an upgrade and we get more knowledgeable employees that have had more experience and things like that. And we can bring it from one tournament to the next and just, all things of that nature. But I, I think no matter my, my gut feeling is no matter what you, what you shoot it on or what you do with it is if you have a really good piece of content, it will go where it needs to go. And I mean, you see that all the time on the internet with people just doing random shit on their phones that end up blowing up. Um, but obviously having, having capital and, you know, budgets and things like that help a ton as far as planning and marketing and having, you know, the tools to make things look crisp and like they're coming from a media company and not just off someone's iPhone. Um, so I would say it's a little bit of both, I guess. Absolutely. And then I know one of those words that you did just mention that I know Matt is a huge fan of the word planning and you did just mention it. So I will sort of ask a lot of the times, obviously there's instant reactions and breaking news. It just happens. You get it out there, but how much of the planning goes into a social media campaign or just your daily life? Do you know, like, all right, we've got ideas for something that's going to come out a week from now, a month from now, or is it just sort of a day by day? This is what we're thinking of. And this is what we're going to do. I think it depends on what it is. Um, like our warehouse game stuff, for example, like that it's planned out. We have all of 2024 schedule planned out for that. So like we have, we know exactly what we're going to be doing. We know what our marketing plan is. That stuff is like easy, whatever. Same thing with like podcast rollouts and things like that. But there's other, you know, things that pop up that we're like, all right, we know this thing is going to happen in a couple of weeks. Like how could we market it? When we knew football season was coming, we sat down and we were like, Hey, we want to make our football content really big this year. Let's think of things that we can post every single week that will help grow our channel. So like every week we're going to do top three games of the week and the one worst game of the week on a graphic. Okay. There's a graphic. We're going to do, um, everyone pick a touchdown score of the week and we're going to keep points and someone's going to win at the end of the year. We're going to post one of those every week. And we went through a whole list of things being like, how can we market football to make our channels grow things that feel like natural to our personalities? We don't want to ever seem phony. Like we have football people. We also have a lot of people at the company that aren't football people, but we want to be able to include people. So like, let's use our personality strengths. Let's use the football people for the really intense football stuff. And then for like, not so intense stuff, we can include the other people um, and try to plan out a way that we can make sure we had consistent content on our pages. I think that's probably like a good example of something we thought out a few weeks, a month ahead of time. 
um, to try and like get the ball rolling. We need graphics involved. So now we have to put in a request with the graphics team and make sure everything looks good. And we need input and like, Hey, do you think this is going to be dumb? If we do power rankings, everyone does power rankings. Is it dumb if we also do power rankings and like, who's doing the power rankings and like, where are we getting these from? You know, like, so it's, it's a little bit of like combo of talking with all the other departments and coming up with a plan that we think makes sense. Our personalities are happy with, we can include everybody and like getting like a really good rollout strategy. I think that's an example of like one of our best uses of planning. Absolutely. And you know, you're talking about how you need to be collaborative. You need to work with the team. You need to communicate well. Um, You know, you guys barstool kind of all of the big social media outlets are have a lot different work environments, I guess you could say, than, you know, a Goldman Sachs or a Morgan Stanley where it's, you know, super serious all the time. Can you talk about, I guess, you know, you're talking about your team and how you have a bunch of people that work for you, how you manage kind of the fun, lighthearted environment of a John boy while still, you know, you know, all productivity all the time, you know, you need to generate as much value for the brand as you can. Yeah. I think what's really cool about one being in social media and to be a John Boy Media, it's like the perfect storm. Social media is like a nonstop go, go, go business. It's there's things happening at all hours of the night. Carlos Correa signed with the Mets in the middle of the night. And like we were asleep. It was three in the morning. You know, like things happen and you miss it and that sucks. But like it that's just proof that it literally never stops. Um what's great about John Boy Media and the environment that they built there is that everyone feels that way. Like we want to, we want to go. This is a a young, fun company. We want to get it out to as many people as possible. We want to continue to grow. So everyone kind of has that mindset. I also think what makes it really easy to have the fun aspect balanced in is Jimmy and Jake are incredible leaders. They keep everything lighthearted. I mean, the whole, the company people, people know the company from Jimmy's breakdowns, which if you've ever watched one, you know, aren't, pretty lighthearted at times the way he delivers um even if they're about brawls or whatever someone getting ejected like he always finds a way to keep it lighthearted he zooms in on a fan that's like saying something funny to the person next to them I think the whole brand was built on like we want to be fun and inclusive and like entertaining and things like that um without ever being at the expense of somebody else like we try to keep it as like uplifting positive um And I think just being able to be in a place where that was the groundwork that was already set, but then being in a industry that moves really quickly, it kind of is like the perfect blend of both of those things. Like we're able to know like, Hey, we got to move like social media. If we don't get it out first, someone they're going to interact with someone else's post before ours, but also knowing that it's all fun and games because you know, that's kind of what the company was founded on. Absolutely. It seems like a really great environment. Of course, I have the little Mets poster behind me. The Carlos Correa day was a fun day. I remember at, that broke what, like three in the morning. And then I remember my dad got up for work. So I was home on winter break. It was like 6 a.m. And I'm like, why are you waking me up at six in the morning? This is time that I should be getting rest in. And he's like, we just signed Carlos Correa. And I was like, huh? Yeah. A twin, I'm a but... too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I texted my dad at like 7 a.m. And I was like, Carlos Correa is a man. And he was like, what? With a bunch of question marks. And I was like, I don't know what just happened. Um, but we all know how that ended. So yeah. <laughs> I do have to ask though, if the office seems very Yankee heavy and you're a Mets fan, what is that experience like a little bit? It is very Yankee heavy. Um, we have Jolly Olive, who's like our resident Mets fan personality, um, thank- thankfully, because <laughs> I don't feel so alone. I'd say we have a handful of Mets fans. I think we're up to like five now. Um, you know, we, we, 
I want the Yankees to be good for the good of the company and for the mental health of all of my friends at work. <laughs> um, so when the Yankees are good, everyone's happier. We get to, you know, do more episodes and put out more fun things and shirts and all of that nature. So I want the Yankees to be good. That being said, I also want the Mets to be good, but I've also lived a life of Mets fan misery. So I don't <laughs> expect that they, this year was different for them. They, you know, they, they're a lot of the people that I work with are like early to mid twenties. They haven't had any Yankee fan sadness the way that Mets fans have. So this was, t- this year was a big shock for them. Um, but no, it's good. And I'm, because I also work for the Diamondbacks, consider myself a huge D-backs fan, obviously pulling for them, very nervous about tonight. And we have a big Diamondbacks fan in the office as well, Dalton Feely. So like, it's, it's a nice mix. We have, you know, like a, there it's core Yankee fans, but as the company grows, it's starting to trickle out into some other teams, which is kind of nice. Um, but yeah, it's, they, they've never experienced what, what we've experienced our whole lives. So they're, they're getting a little taste of it this year, but I hope next year back to normal. I love it. I know Matt and I have the same experience. We're the Mets fans here at Side Retired, and then all of our sort of behind the scenes and other co-hosts, they're all Yankees heavy, and then we have a Red Sox guy thrown in there too out of nowhere. So it's like a enemy of the enemy is my friend sort of thing when we team up against the Yankees. Yeah, totally. A fun vibe nonetheless. But we do have sort of three, in the name of the podcast, Side Retired, three fun questions to throw at you, and then you've retired the side on the interview if you're game for them. Okay. So the first one is your favorite moment from your career. It could be a John Boy moment, could be a Diamondbacks moment, or it could be from anywhere else. Okay, I feel like this is a pretty easy one for me. Um, Clinching the postseason in 2017 was, with the Diamondbacks, was, like, by far the best day of my life. Um, It's weird, like, you work so many days, so many long hours, and you're behind the scenes. Like, people don't know who you are, but you feel so much pride for like, Oh my God, we got there just as much as the players. So we clinched. Um, I believe it was September 24th, 2017. We clinched in the middle of our game because the Cardinals lost and we were losing the game. And I was like, that's going to stink. Like that's going to stink if we end up clinching on a loss and we walked it off that day. So it was like a celebration and then a celebration. Um, yeah, it was one of the coolest days ever. Just knowing like you work so hard to get to that point. And, um, getting to celebrate. I was in the clubhouse shooting and then we were, you know, everyone goes to the bar after and everyone, it's just, it was such a cool day. That was by far the best day of my life. That was really cool. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, with that, there's also a lot of extra responsibility that then gets added when you uh, clinch the postseason, you know, a few more days working and things like that, but that had to have been cool. Um, It makes it all worth it though. Those, those moments make all of that extra work so much, so worth it. (laughs) Absolutely. And then our second question is, you know, we're talking about, you know, social media, building a brand. How do you portray yourself? So if you were coming up to the plate, say at Chase Field or at City Field, what would be your walk-up song? This is another easy one. (laughs) Um, Mine would be Trophies by Drake, the horns in the beginning. Like I would, I get hyped every time. If I hear it on shuffle in my house, I'm I'm immediately hyped. Um, it would be that. It would probably be that until I got sick of it, and then I would have to find something else, but that's my number one go-to hype song. I love it. And then the third question we had for you, sort of an appreciation for hopping on the podcast with us. We did sort of a nice tradition. I think it actually started with when we had the John Boys guys on earlier when it's a end of the episode, you get to shout out a friend or someone else that you know in the industry that you think would be a pretty cool guest to have on next. And I'll buy a couple seconds for you to think of someone but I think it was way back in either Potter June or July we had your buddy at John Boy Max Manis on the big Yankee fan and then he said 
we need to balance that out by having Jolly on the podcast. So those were two fun guys that interacted. But I guess if you'd like to continue the tradition and nominate someone else from your baseball journey. Ooh, okay. Um, I'm going to give you a non-John Boy Media employee because I, like I feel like now we're accessible so you can get to four <laughs> of us. So I'll give you someone different. Um, my best friend, his name's Alex Lorenzo. He is a scout for the Diamondbacks. So he brings like a whole different side um, to that. So, and he'd be really fun to talk to. He's really outgoing and super 100%. cool. 100%. So. We have to I get will, on that, Matt. <laughs> I will let him know that you guys are coming for him. <laughs> do it. Absolutely. But we really appreciate you hopping on the podcast with us today. I know you have a busy day. Hopefully no breaking news happened in the half an hour you're with us. I think we're good. I've like had my eye on my phone a little (laughs) bit. I think we're in the clear. I love it. But really appreciate you hopping on with us today. Really enjoyed the interview. And for Dylan, Matt and Taylor, until the next time, the side is retired.